we have seen the emergence of what I call modern Internet of Things. It is rich in data. It can bring in location. It's really the connectivity piece and the data aggregation piece that is usually missing in the infrastructure right now in the market. If you have a large farm, you know, the wireless connectivity is not going to carry out. This is the Industrial IoT Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. Network looks stable. Let's connect. Hello, and welcome to the IoT Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Maggie Shin. Cybersecurity is an issue in today's world of connected devices that requires an active defense. There are a myriad of news stories from governments to banks to healthcare companies that have all had data compromised. It's a daily threat. But do small and large businesses along with consumers all have the same threat levels and what can we do about it? How big is the issue of cybersecurity and what would a compromise look like to your business? What products or devices in this age of IoT are most vulnerable? I sat down with Chris Rowland, a 25-year veteran of the information security industry, to talk about these issues and more. Chris has founded companies including Bastille and Endgame and is now co-founder and CEO of Phosphorus Cybersecurity Incorporated. Welcome to the podcast, Chris. Thank you, Maggie. I'd like to start out talking with you today about your background in the industry. You've been speaking about cybersecurity for two and a half decades now. What have you seen from 25 years ago to now? How has this space changed? I think the biggest change has been in the adversary. Uh, 25 years ago, we were largely concerned about really kind of theoretical vulnerabilities. Someone could get in. Someone might embarrass you by changing your website. Today, the Cybersecurity is an existential threat. A company could literally go out of business. Equifax could have gone out of business. I guess they still could. Um, so whereas 25 years ago, it was more vandalism or keeping trespassers off your lawn. Today, it's it's um, a business can die and businesses have died uh, because of uh, cybersecurity breaches. Additionally, the monetization uh, of computer hacking is just remarkable how innovative the computer hackers are on being able to extract financial value. Uh, Ten years ago now, in 2008, um, the estimates were that that was the year that the amount of revenue generated by cybercrime exceeded the international narcotics trade. Wow. I was going to ask you this later, but that begs the question, and you touched on it a little bit, Chris, but for businesses, especially ones that say um, maybe they don't have government ties or um, projects with the government, companies that think maybe a hack to them wouldn't matter, what exactly is at risk for any company, big or small, beyond just data being compromised? Well, today... Our businesses run entirely on top of technology. I mean, except for a, um, a few classes of maybe small small businesses, 
Um, most most companies today, and certainly if you look at verticals um, like healthcare, industrial, manufacturing, finance, are entirely driven by their technology. And so a, a very common new trend is um, a term I started using in the 90s called data hostaging. And it was really just a made-up term at the time. And, and now it's, it's a, a very real business practice where hackers uh, break into computers and hold your data hostage. The more common term is ransomware. So your data is encrypted or stolen, and you have to pay to get it back. Uh, we saw this happen recently to the city of Atlanta, where the city was, was held ransom for $50,000 in Bitcoin and ended up spending $5 million trying to clean up the attack. And they were down for weeks. The courts were down for weeks. The police department lost all of their body cams recordings. So, um, you know, if, you're, if, you're, if your books are on a computer, if your customers are on a computer, if you depend on those computers uh, and you don't have adequate security measures and simple blocking and tackling like backups and, and restore plans, which we find actually after the fact that um, a lot of these older computers are, are simply not even backed up and, 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 and some municipalities have to actually re-key in records from paper. I wonder, with you talking about that, we hear news stories here and there about um, you know countries being hacked, like you said, Atlanta, big banks. Um, but how widespread are cyber attacks in your experience? Is one type of company or person or business more vulnerable than another? The only businesses that haven't been compromised are the ones that don't know it. Everyone's been compromised. Everyone from the CIA to the NSA to the bakery, um, the only people who think they haven't been compromised are the ones that aren't aware they already have been. You mentioned data hostaging. What other trends are you witnessing right now? Well, I mean, I'll talk a bit more about data hostaging. There has been a strong targeting of the healthcare sector, specifically hospitals, uh, by data hostage actors because they know if they take over the key systems of a hospital, such as the um, MRI machines, CT machines, et cetera, the hospital has to pay to get online. And what what they're doing was relatively smart is they set the price low enough, maybe $25,000, where that's relatively inexpensive and relatively that is relatively inexpensive if your systems are down in an emergency room, you can't do x-rays, etc. It's easier for them to just pay. Outside of data hostaging, the the new common attack themes somewhat move with technology trends. So an, uh, a new attack trend is for attackers to deploy software to use your computing resources to mine cryptocurrencies. So they can take your computer and make it work for them to create bitcoins or some other type of currency for them. 
um, and it's idle time. And so that's a, that's a new trend. Whereas, whereas someone is stealing your compute cycles and in, in mass scale, it can be very lucrative. With the internet of things and all the devices that come along with that now on the network, IP security cameras, smart lighting, uh, thermostats, connected building management devices, etc. Is there a difference, Chris, between cybersecurity in general and the security of IoT devices? Well, there's a big difference. So, you know, we've spent 25 years thwarting attacks against computer servers, Unix servers, against Windows PCs, because these were the common targets. And so there's a well-developed ecosystem. If you're the chief security officer of a bank and you need to pick a way to secure your PCs and your servers and your network, you have many choices to commercially select from. In the case of the IoT, the security is really a 25-year reset, and the, te- the security technology in the IoT looks like it's from the 1990s. Um, many times we'll see uh, IoT devices are really computers just wrapped in plastic or metal, and many times the software they're running is 20 years old or even older. Um, I think people don't think about keeping things up to date like they would your phone or your computer. You know, this metaphor of the update all button on the computer or on the phone is now common vernacular. People are accustomed to keeping their software up to date. But no one thinks about the security camera, the router, the, 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 uh, the light switch, the light bulb. And um, the half-life of those... So the length to which an update is available versus being deployed is about eight years. And if you look at in the, in the world of computers, if you didn't patch your computer for eight years, not only would you be hacked, you'd be lucky if it was even running. And, and so I think there's going to emerge a market of new vendors to secure the Internet of Things. And that's something I'm very passionate about. I wake up and I'm obsessed with securing the Internet of Things. I can even remember the first time someone used the term Internet of Things to me. I was standing in my office in, in I think, 2010, and a guy named Chris Darby, who runs a venture capital firm called InQtel, mentioned it to me. I said, what is that? The Internet of Things, that is such a cool term. And uh, I've been really obsessed with it since that conversation. Explain to me how the security of IoT relates to the larger issue of cybersecurity data. I mean, but what I mean by that is if someone's light is compromised, is this going to be, you know, someone's just going to turn it on and off and play a game with you? Or can they actually access your data on the main network? That's a great question. And so and it's actually the most common question I get around IoT security. Who cares about my refrigerator? Who cares about my light bulb? Well, nobody really does. And I think the days of hackers playing games with devices are kind of unfortunately kind of kind of over. And and it's all about generating revenue now. And so there are a couple of things that could happen with a device like a light bulb or a refrigerator or a dishwasher uh, or a ca- security camera. 
those are the one of the favorite targets, which is somewhat of an oxymoron that the security cameras literally the weak leak. The security camera is literally the weakest link on the network today. So a light bulb or a refrigerator or a security camera typically runs an older version of Linux or some other what we call embedded operating system that doesn't have doesn't allow you to run other security software on top of it. And so it becomes a weak link in the security chain. And that means it's easy to compromise. So someone may have no interest in turning a light bulb off or on. However, once that's compromised, it's used as what's called a pivot. And a pivot in computer security terms or hacking terms means that an attacker can use that one weak node, that light bulb or that camera or that refrigerator, once they compromise that, then they can get onto the rest of the network. So now they can attack everything else that that device is connected to, and typically that would be connected to your intranet, your in- internal network. So what can businesses do about this? IoT security is really an emerging market, and I think we're going to have some big problems before mainstream pays serious attention to it. I think situational awareness or knowing what devices are on the network is certainly the most important. And and there are tools and products available for that. Setting an IoT security policy, you know. um, We've had this with disruptive technologies. I've seen several generations of this where the technology was introduced into the enterprise network before a policy was. The first big one was, uh, was Wi-Fi. And so I'd go and talk to a potential client, I'd say, do you have um, Wi-Fi security in place? Oh, we don't have any Wi-Fi here. Well, I get my computer out. Well, yeah, you do. Oh, well, that's just, that's just the hotspot under my desk for me, but no one else has one. <laughs> and So you literally have the, the CIO breaking the rule himself or herself. And so, and then the next was around, around mobile devices, phones. And so the phones started connecting to the corporate networks. And then the company and, com- and then products came out, products came out to secure Wi-Fi. So now we can use Wi-Fi safely. Products came out to, uh, implement what's called BYOD policy, bring your own device so that you can, when you're on your corporate network, software is running on the device so that it operates safely. We haven't seen policies or technologies like that yet for the Internet of Things. In parallel, though, uh, if you look at, the, say, Amazon's enterprise software, they, they want an uh, Amazon Echo in every conference room. They want to replace the speakerphones. And so some of that may be being done with the security consequences being thought of as an afterfact. And that's generally where we have problems, is is when things are installed and then the security guys have to deal with it later on. But additionally, if you look across um, industrial control systems, if you look at the hospitality industry, we've got a lot of automation going into those industries, and security has not been built in from the ground up. What do you see that are the biggest challenges, particularly for businesses, Chris, with trying to secure IoT and um, their their companies? 
You know, it's it's new. Um, people don't look at IoT devices as computers, and they should. Um, effectively, most IoT devices are basically small Linux servers. And a Linux server in a data center is secured, it's managed, it's treated as, it's treated, it's got special heating, cooling, air conditioning, uh, fire controls. It's, it's treated as a valuable asset and it's secured. But the rest of these Linux devices that are wrapped, wrapped in shiny, blinky plastic or metal are not thought of as a server. Uh, and they're not treated as such. And I think the first step is IoT policy. Do the IoT devices go on the main network or do they go on their own guest network? You know, is there a sign that you must be this tall to get on the ride, right? You've got to be this secure before you can actually get on the network. I think that would be a good idea. I think keeping the security officer in the loop on new deployments and getting a ground truth, finding out, okay, what do I, what is on my network? I talked to giant technology companies and they're the first to say, we have no idea what people have brought in. We'd like to find out. Can you help us? And that's that's what we do. It sounds like there is, there needs to be a mentality, um, particularly for organizations, companies, businesses, that cybersecurity is not just a a one done thing. Install this one software or change your passwords once and forget about it. Is is that fair? Well, you nailed it, and. Also, in the IoT, you can't install any software on IoT devices. There's no way to do it. The only software that will actually install on an IoT device is a virus. <laughs> you don't want that on there either. So the, one of the challenges and opportunities for, for industry is how do you secure something that you can't run your own software on? You have to use what's called agentless technology. So you have to be able to secure these devices without actually installing anything on them. And um, that's some of what, we, what I've invented and I think the direction for the market will be is how do you secure these with a very light touch? You can't install McAfee or Norton on your Amazon Alexa, right? There's just, there's no way to do it. Thank you, Chris, for coming on the podcast today. And thank you everyone for listening to today's IoT podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Maggie Shin. I look forward to the next time.